It's college basketball. Basketball? Basketball! Did I do basketball? No, I play basketball, snowboarding, more basketball. We did win the basketball game. Are live in the newsroom. I'm Charlie Goldsmith here with Andrew Golden and Peter Warren. This is the Daily Bounce, the second time we're getting the basketball around and talking about Northwestern hoops. You'd think there'd be more wins to talk about by January, but here we are. Northwestern's coming off a blowout loss against Michigan. Game at Rutgers on prime time, 6 o'clock Friday night. Uh, so, against Michigan, uh, Andrew, Northwestern changed your starting lineup with Vic out, bringing Pete Nitz in, bringing Miller Cup to the bench. Like, did that, did that work? Wait a second. Let's recap. I mean, Miller Coppa started every game this season, and then he came to the game. He came off the bench and provided pretty good minutes, and you know didn't miss a, didn't miss a, he missed one shot, but he was three for three to start the game. Uh, I thought it was a nice lineup change. Personally, I like when Anthony Gaines comes off the bench. I like when he's the sixth man. I think he provides energy off the bench. So, um, but I like Pete Nance being the starting lineup. I just think he has to find his rhythm. I think that was the problem during the game. It seemed like with Pete in, like Collins was like, we just need someone on the court who's not another player on the court who's like not afraid to shoot and like has a little bit of like spacing gravity. And there were somewhat like I mean he got some shots up. But Peter, did the Cats have enough offensive power, offensive firepower in general to score even seventy points against Michigan without Big Law? No, they did not. And I think it was pretty clear from the get go that it was going to be a rough night for you know the Wildcats. I mean Michigan. Let's not forget number two team in the country. Outstanding defensively. They have players all across five positions and off the bench who can come in and play very good defense. It was going to be a tough night, you know, especially Derek Parden played very well, you know. He did a very good job against Teske in the post, 10 for 16. And four of those misses were from three point land. So he pretty much around the basket, 10 for 12, which is a very good job against a guy like Teske, who played extremely well in December. But, I mean, when you have to rely on Derek and you can't really have any of your three-point shooters going other than Ryan Taylor, it's going to be a rough night and you can't rely on the one-on-one creativity of, of Vic Law. I don't know what was weirder in this game, Derek Parton taking four shots from the on the arc or John Teske turning into Cal Corver. Like, this man went off. Like, well, what's this out? And we got pulled up right here. John Teske, just to set this in for a second, this is like Andre the Giant, but, like, when he's 14. Five, four, four. Like, not fully Andre the Giant yet. Uh, this is John Teske we're talking about. 7 for 11 from the field, 3 for 5 from Mahna Arc. Like, that's a pretty good game from Andre right there. Uh, and Xavier Simpson, too. This guy, uh, like, is Lonzo Ball, except 5 feet tall, is an even worse shooter with even worse form, and, like, thinks he can dribble. Uh, that, little, that, little, that little hook shot he has when exactly. he, throws up, he throws it up over his, over his shoulder, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like, it's a view. He's 5 for 2 Kareem, and he was, he was 9 for 17 from the field, but he was really good in the first half. Like... Where where are Northwestern's guys like that, Andrew, who out of nowhere can just put up crazy performances? Like, I've been waiting all season. AJ had the Illinois game. Taylor had a uh, game shortly after that where, like, he went off. But, like, where are the random Miller Cop 20-point games? Like, why hasn't that happened? I just think they haven't put it together. Consistent, both. I, I just don't think everybody's put it together for one, you know, for a long stretch of games. I think it's always one player is hot and one player is not. And no one can really put it together for a long stretch of games where they can go on a run and... I mean, I mean, I mean, Illinois, like you said. I mean, AJ Turner had a great game. I don't think he's had a game like really close since. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Taylor's starting to find his rhythm. I just think Ryan Taylor with Vic Law out can't be the only, the only guy who produces. Besides Pardon, I mean, I think they should get Pardon the ball in the post more. I think that's going to be the key to their success moving forward. But like Peter, I'm waiting for the game where like, I don't know, where Derek Pardon gets 
or he's had games where he's gotten 25 and 10, but like where Anthony Gaines gets like 20, or Miller Cop gets 20, or Pete Nance gets 15. Like, it seems like all of these guys are always around the same scoring margins. Like, why isn't there any disparity in who's producing on the offensive end? Well, part of it is the fact that we have guys like Vic and Derek who, you know, and even Ryan Taylor a little bit, you know, guys, Coach Collins trusts a lot and are really giving the reins to sort of do what they want on offense. There's not as many shots to go around. Throwing the fact, you know, when Vic, when Vic's healthy, he's playing 36 minutes a game. Derek's playing 35. You know, Taylor's playing upwards of, you know, 32, 33. There's not a lot of minutes to go around to guys like Pete, Miller, you know, Ryan Greer. I mean, Gaines is, Gaines is playing a lot, but it's not like he's getting, you know, shots in the offense that much. When he's, when it's, you know, when it's their big five of Pardon, Taylor, Turner, Vic, and Gaines, he's the fifth option on offense. And a lot of times, your fifth guy on offense is not going to get a lot of shots. You know, Gaines isn't running, isn't bringing the ball up as much, so he's not getting any shots that way. It's just tough when you're not getting, one, opportunities in the offense, and two, playing time sort of have a chance to break out of those games. Yeah, you're not really going to, you know, see those big games. The one thing I will say, though, I think Gaines is the key to their success moving forward besides Pardon. I think the way he can attack the paint is something that nobody else on the team can really do. If he can attack the paint and drive and kick, I think Northwestern tends to take a lot of contested three-point shots that maybe shouldn't be taken early in the shot clock. If they can move the ball around, Anthony Gaines can attack and drive and get to the paint. Like He's been making free throws, and he can drive and kick the ball, and we can make some more open shots. I just think the shot selection isn't the best all the time. I think our offense isn't as efficient as it could be. But I think if Anthony kind of not you know he should be the number one option but if he should, if he can drive and kick and um and give other people opportunities i think northwest will be successful moving forward i think that's an excellent point here from andrew i mean anthony going forward especially i don't know without vic or Derek next year or taylor he's gonna have to really step up and become either you know maybe the number one maybe the number two option we'll see how you know things shake out next year I mean, you're right. The man can attack the basket very well and can sometimes do it seemingly at will. We've seen him do plenty of times, you know, finishing creatively around the basket, drawing and ones. I mean, me and Andrew both at that Iowa game. He, you know, he looked the best I've seen him, you know, in his two years here. He played really well, didn't miss a shot from the floor, from the free throw line. And you give him a chance like that. I mean, it, the thing was, he only had about three shots in our field. I think he was three for three or four for four, you know, seven for seven from the line. In a game like that where he's clearly got the hot hand, Northwestern needs to feed him a little more. And the problem is, going back to Charlie's first question, when they're not giving these guys opportunities to sort of feed and sort of get these, these shots up, you're not going to be riding the hot hand. You're going to have to be dealing with, you know, the guys who are struggling. The other thing that confuses me, too, it's like Pardon in, in, in all the big games they play this season, Indiana, he has 24 points. Michigan, he had 20 points. Michigan State, he had 19 points. And then you look at games against Illinois and Iowa where they, they barely won they, or they, they lost. Like, against, against Iowa, he was 3 for 5 and barely took any shots. Like, why are you not getting him more involved in the game? I just don't understand. I mean, against Indiana, he was 11 to 15. Michigan, he was 9 to 10. And they played Michigan again uh, last last week, and he was 10 to 16. Like, get him the ball in the post more, because obviously when you're putting him in these games against the best teams, they're pro- like he's producing, and the games are closer. I mean, obviously the Michigan game, they didn't have Vic Lowe. But when he's the number two option, you actually get him the ball in the post. I know there aren't a lot of touches to go around, but if you keep it between Law and Pardon, like, there's no reason why they should be able to win games against Rutgers coming up and, you know, like, like middle, middle of the pack Big Ten teams. I don't know about the best teams, but, I mean, they only lost to Michigan by two the first time and Pardon at 20 points. And if he hadn't gotten hurt late in the game, then they would, they would have had a lot better chance of winning the game. 
So what you reminded me of is how bad Pardon was at the start of non-conference play, like against like the Americans and Binghamtons of the world. I right. think right after the Binghamton game that like Pardon wasn't taking efficient shots. Like almost everything he took last year was off an assist from a guard, usually Macintosh. He was a pick and roll player, fewer post ups. This year he's obviously had to adjust to a different post up post up centric role just because there's no point guard. And, like no one can really, no one's really throwing entry passes at a high rate yet, which Collins has acknowledged several times. I think part of it though also is that Collins feels like. Reluctant to like admit that post ups, which are usually considered to be inefficient, like high risk shots situations, like he doesn't want to build an offense around that. There's no team in the country that builds an offense around that. So even though like so often that's such a high priority for them, it's like there's almost this reluctance based off how he wants to build a team. And I like I like that in one part because Collins is like asserting like his identity as a coach, which he's never been able to do before. He's sculpting a pretty fluid team to like the model he wants it to be which is new for him which is a good step for him but then you have to wonder like where that leaves Derek Pardon and how much he functions into their like their ideal offense so we're going to take a quick break uh Northwestern has not one but two upcoming games this week at Rutgers on Friday night Indiana on second we're not going to waste too much of our time talking about Rutgers because you know what Rutgers now we're just kidding I will be back after this Nope. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Got the commercial. Got the commercial. What about commercial? We're at commercial. Commercials. Commercial. You like that commercial? I love those commercials. We are back on the Daily Balance. And before we get into the upcoming preview, we have a quick game uh, led by our producer, the Steven Spielberg of the Daily Bounce Round Line. Good to be here with you guys. Uh, yeah, we. this is the spot of the show where we're going to have a rotating game each week. Um, and this week we are bringing to you the new game, Who Am I? And the way it'll work is I will start listing facts about a Big Ten or Northwestern basketball player. Northwestern's in the Big Ten, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying specifically, you really should know your Northwestern basketball players. The Big Ten uh, questions will be easier. Every, 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 every team in the Big Ten. Every team in the Big Ten is fair game. Um, the clues will prog- progressively get more revealing, and we will see who gets it first. Uh, we will play first to two. If after the three questions uh, you are all tied, there is a bonus round question that I have arranged. Um, you know, If you think you have the answer, uh, I guess we'll do the old-fashioned first to raise their hand gets to answer first. Uh, you get one guess per round, and if you guess wrong, you're out. If all three of you guess wrong, uh, you will each get an additional guess. So be careful. If you think if you don't think you have it, it's uh, a game of skill. It's a game of skill. It's it's not a game of chance. You can't just willy nilly be firing up your hands. So um, without further ado, let's get to our first. Who am I? Are we ready for the game? Okay. Clue number one. I play. On a ranked Big Ten team. That's it? Clue clue number two. I am a sophomore from Chicago, Illinois. Isaiah Moss. Incorrect. Charlie is out unless Peter and Andrew both use up their guesses. Nah, I'll give you another one. Yeah, I'm going to take another one. Three. I've averaged double-digit scoring this year and last year. Four. I play for the maize and blue. Oh, shoot. Uh, is it John Teske? Incorrect. <laughs> All right, Peter. You said double digits this year and last year. There's, there's still two more clues if you want to hold off. 
They're both out as of the current moment. Well, then strategically, I might as well take the clue. Strategically, you might as well. This is a smart man. Why is he doing test? Next clue. I am a guard. Final clue. My initials are CM. Charles Matthews. That is correct. And that is a point to Peter Warren. Peter is in the lead. If Peter gets one more correct, he will win and Peter's he will be the, the first champion of our game. And hopefully you boys know, you know, you want to wait for more clues. They get easier. And uh, we'll move on to... Why is he John Teske? He's a junior. Like, will. He didn't start last year. It was Mo Wagner who started last year. So how did he get double digits? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. On to question number two in this esteemed new game. Who am I? Clue number one. I am a top two scorer on a bottom-dwelling Big Ten team. Number two. I am a guard. Number three. I'm from Derry, New Hampshire. What? That does not help. Well, if you know your New Hampshire athletes, maybe it would. <laughs> Clue number four. I have yet to play Northwestern this season, but I will soon. I don't know Rutgers guys. <laughs> Clue number five. You're from New Jersey. My last name has something in common with Benison's. With what? Benison's. Clue number six. My initials are G.B. Geo Baker. Geo Baker, and that is correct. Charlie Goldsmith coming through to prevent Peter Warren from getting the clean sweep victory. Dude, you're from from New Jersey. He's not from New Hampshire. He's from New Hampshire. Yeah, but but you're still... Where is he from again? He's from Derry, New Hampshire, so I hope you remember that. Derry, New Hampshire. Okay. He's no Gettys. (laughs) My favorite Rutgers guy. Now, again... This, this is the third and final of our regular round. Andrew, if you get this correct, we will go to the bonus round. You need this. You need this. Let's hope it's a Maryland. <laughs> okay. Our third, who am I? One, I am the leading scorer for a Big Ten team. Clue number two, I have played the maximum number of years you can play in college. It's Incorrect. And that's huge for the program. Pete thought I would go Northwestern, and I did not. Now, clue number three. I am a forward. Clue number four. I'm from Milan, Illinois. Clue number five. My school is a short drive north from Evanston. Ethan Hupp. That is correct. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we have a winner. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And Charlie Goldsmith is the first winner of Who Am I? Charlie, I got to ask, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling as good as Ethan Hupp when he gets the ball in the post with cutters around him. And yeah. And that wasn't funny. <laughs> you know what? For fun, uh, we're going to do the bonus round. Charlie has already salted away the win, but um, I'd I'm like to see. Point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. You know, for the final score, Pete, if you get it, you still don't win. Okay, I just want to make that clear. I thought I had it. I say, so I got the first ever point. 
Okay, that's bonus that's round. That's something. Andrew might get the first ever shutout. Let's hope that happens. Let's hope I get the first bonus point. <laughs> that's true. Yes. That's true. Uh, listeners playing along at home, uh, hopefully you can you can get this one because this is, in fact, a Northwestern player, and that is your clue number one. So you can fire away now if you're feeling confident. Wait, wait. I have played 18 minutes on the season. As a freshman... I was a regular starter for the team. I'm gonna go Pete. Balzone. That is correct. And Andrew is shut out. I knew it. (laughs) Oh man, what do you have to say for yourself? I have nothing to say for myself. I'm just like extremely disappointed. I knew I knew it was Balzone too, and I didn't raise my hand in time. You want me to speak for you then? Give give a quote for you? Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. It's a rough one for Andrew today. Just didn't have it, you know, from the get go. Really disappointing himself with that John Tieski answer. Really got in his head. Lost confidence afterwards. You know, next week he should come back much better. He's going to go in the weight room. Next week, You know, Peter, in. the hardest thing to do is to get a point in the Big Ten Trivia Challenge. <laughs> That's true. There's not much not, Nothing harder in the world. Nothing. Who Am I is a great conference, and it's, it's hard to get a win any day of the week. Next week, I will be back and better than ever with vengeance. And so we hope you enjoyed that game. Uh, to all you listeners out there, we hope that you enjoyed playing along. Uh, you learned a little bit, and, and that you know that for next week, you really have to brush up on your home states of your Big Ten athletes and, and to treat no Big Ten team like they're not worth being asked a question about. So thank you very much. I'm going to turn it back over to our host, Charlie, to uh, break down the recap for you. I feel like I've learned so much about just, like, being wholesome. <laughs> I, just to make this a lousy transition, a huge guy for me in that game was Geo Baker, who popped onto my scene last year in the Big Ten tournament. Rutgers somehow made a run to the Big Ten semifinals by making this crazy run at MSG led by Corey Sanders, who has since moved on to professional basketball, with Gio Baker at his side. They, um, I like to call Rutgers like the United Nations, because basically like all of their team is international. Let me run through some of these countries real quick. Um, they have a guy from New Jersey. It's not too far. They've got Senegal. <laughs> they have a guy from Mali. They have a guy from Ontario. They have a guy from the Netherlands. Uh, and that's it, but they had some more last year. Peter... Is Northwestern a good enough team to be able to run its stuff and impose what it wants to impose on the game against a lower Big Ten team like Rutgers? If Northwestern wants to be what it uh, dreams to be, you know, a perennial Big Ten power and, you know, in the tournament mostly every year, they have to be. I mean, no offense to Rutgers. I think Coach Pico out there is doing a very good job. But this team Under is, the program. <laughs> this team is still, you know, the perennial worst team in the conference. I mean, yes, Penn State's worse right now, but Penn State won the NIT last year, and the NIT is no joke to win. I mean, it was having been at the NIT championship game, it was a great game. Props to Tony Carr and the boys out there. It was a great one, but this year not as good. But still, if you're talking about if you're gonna name one team in the Big Ten, but you have to win every time you play them. It's Rutgers. And Northwestern didn't do that last year. And that was a really bad loss. Sort of, you know, one of the, one of the many rough games last year for the Wildcats. And if they want, you know, they still have, came, they have still have tournament hopes. There's still a chance to make the tournament. This is a win. This is not a must win in the sense that sort of the Illinois game was, sort of get back on, on a, a sort of a roll and get back in rhythm. This is a must win because you can't have a Rutgers loss 
on their resume at this point in the season. I like the football team had the same thing too. Like the Rutgers game was a game Northwest was behind early on, and I was like, we can't lose to Rutgers. <laughs> and then that kind of like fueled them in the second half. Andrew, what do you remember about the game from last year? Uh, I remember the game going to overtime last year. I, I can't remember if we had McIntosh or not, but I just, I, I just remember we should have we should have outplayed them and we kind of played down to their talent level. I think that happened a lot of the time last year. Um, I just think it's a matter of sticking to the basics and knowing what we do. I think this is a big chance for Northwestern to challenge the players who need to step up, um, you know, like scoring-wise. I think this is a big chance for them to really have um, all their players put a good game together all at once. Um, you know, A.J. Turner, you know, Anthony Gaines, Pete Nance, Miller Cop, all, all those guys who are kind of on the brink and have a good game once in a while, if they can all put it together, I think they'll have a better result than they had last year. Peter, obviously Northwestern hasn't played since Sunday. What do you think Chris Collins has been doing in practice the past week? Well, I think for one, he's been praying that Vic gets healthy. You know, we don't know the exact nature of the injury, but, you know, obviously for anybody, you never hope an injury to be serious. You hope it's, you know, very short term, he can be back. If not for Rutgers, hopefully for Indiana, just for, his, you know, for Vic's, you know, final year and have the great year he wants to even play more. I think he's just working on, you know, being more efficient, hopefully, you know, getting some more, getting better at those entry passes at the pardon. Because Andrew mentioned it earlier, you mentioned it as well, they're not getting him the ball as much. And Collins has been talking about how poor those entry passes have been. So I think a key is going to be sort of just working on those fundamentals. Because for, you know, for a game like Rutgers, when it's sort of in you know, sort of on a rough little stretch here, sometimes getting back to the fundamentals can just be sort of be a reset both mentally and physically and get you prepared for a game like this. That's where we're going to go next. Something you just mentioned, Vic Law, who uh, has had an interesting conference play uh, since January started, definitely. Um, he has had poor shooting performances from the field in the first three Northwestern Conference games against, uh, I'll go backwards, against Iowa, against Illinois, and against Michigan State uh, on the road. And then uh, after Iowa, he sat all together with Coach Collins said after the game was that he was like immobile and they were just trying to rest him as much as possible. And then come uh, Sunday against Iowa, he just wasn't there. Makes me think, like just speculating here, that he's been dealing with something, that he played through something against Iowa. He played down the stretch of that game. Andrew, like, what have you seen from Vic over the past few games? And what do you think if he does play on Friday? Like, can we expect the Vic that dominated the first two months of the season? I mean, I think the reason the reason why his why his stats went down and why we were confused why they, he wasn't playing was because he was hurt. Um, I think if he does return, he's not going to be his full self. I think. Um, what it means is I think he knows that maybe he can't be his full self the way, the way he was playing at the beginning of the season, which means that he needs, they need to rely on other people and Vic needs to take less shots than maybe he did. You know, he, the, the, two game, the game against Illinois is 4-12, Iowa 4-13. Maybe just limit his shots a little bit more and try to get other people the ball because um, he's not going to be his full self, especially coming off an injury like that. I mean, if he was immobile and, like, five days later, he's not going to be, like, magically, like, He's not gonna be magically okay, but I'd be cool if he was. I mean, it would be great if he was. That'd be really great for Northwestern. But since he since he probably won't be, um, I think they just need to focus on getting other people the ball and trying to find another way to 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 score offensively. Peter Vic is back, going up against the lineup with like few true scores, but a lot of like aggressive athletes. Who do you start as your starting five on Friday? I think you have. The normal lineup you go with the whole season with Vic in the lineup, I think. And with Miller, too? With Miller, yeah. So you have the starting, you know, you move Nance and Gaines and Will Gaines on the bench. But you sort of move everybody who's moved in for that, the game against Michigan. So sort of move them back, get the normal five of Taylor, Turner, Miller, Vic, and Derek, get that going. Just because, you know, after missing a game 
you know, possibly, you know, he might, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. I wouldn't want him to be a little uncomfortable in the situation. You know, you sort of want him to be rested, easy, and sort of feel back in the rhythm. You don't want him to sort of, with the injury, feel sort of out of it. Lastly, we'll do scores. Andrew, what's going to be the score on Friday? Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, especially, I think, I think Vic Law will play. He won't be fully effective, but I think Northwestern will make enough shots down the stretch. I expect Ryan Taylor to be the guy who makes the shots down the stretch, and I think Northwestern will win 70-63. to 63. Personally, like, Northwestern played Rutgers women's bas- in women's basketball in uh, late December, and that was a 45-43 to 43 barn burner. I'm feeling the same kind of energy right here. I'm going to pick Northwestern 55-50. to 50. Um, it won't be the prettiest game to watch, but I do think that aside from Baker, Rutgers just doesn't have a shot maker. It'll be an interesting test to see who Northwestern's second best shot maker is against a defense that will be in your face on every possession. Peter, what do you got? Well, having been at that Rutgers game in the summer for women's basketball, it was quite a defensive battle and quite an ugly one as well. You know, both teams shooting very poorly from the floor. In fact, the last men's basketball game I saw at Rutgers, between Rutgers and Penn State on New Year's Day 2017, both teams wow. were shooting like 30% for the first 35 minutes of the game. It was an ugly one. That's a Steve Pico game right there. I'm telling you, you know, I've had a, a great New Year's New Year's Eve. It must have wrapped in. But, you know, I just... <laughs> what do you think Steve Pico does on New Year's Eve? <laughs> like, is he like a watch film on New Year's Eve kind of guy? Is he, you know what, I'm going to hang out with my wife kind of guy? Is he a, you know what, let's send the team to Florida for the weekend kind of guy? Like, what do you think Steve Pikel does on New Year's Eve? Well, he's not sending the floor if they got a game the next well, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell a quick story I heard secondhand, but I believe enough to be true. All the Big Ten coaches went out for dinner the night before uh, uh, Big Ten Media Day. And one of the beat writers who was staying at that hotel, like said, oh, they were all at dinner. And then at a separate table on the other side of the room was Steve Peichel and this, like, 16-year-old girl. Like, I think it was his daughter. And it was, it was Brooke. But just imagine, okay, the, yeah, but just imagine the image of, like, wait, there are all these coaches. And then there's, like, Steve with this, like, his daughter on the side. He, like, he just, just like, like he, he didn't get invited to the table. Like, poor Steve. But we love you, Steve. Um... Steve, you're always welcome on the Daily Bounce. This was our second episode. Thank you for listening, guys. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.